Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. They got my cheese is wrong. It all was just a normal dispute over food. I would never in a million years think that it would come to gun violence. Like I said, I'm looking down at my food trying to make sure it's right. And um, I see people just running, you know. So that's when I look up and she had the gun at me like this. Then I was like, you tripping. You ain't finna do nothing. And she caught it back. So I'm like, well, maybe she is finna do something. <laughs> she was like, she'll blow my brains out. I was fearing for my life because, like I said, I had been shot before. And I just lost a brother to gun violence. It all happened over cheese eggs at the Waffle House in Atlanta. Boy, there's a lot that happens at the Waffle House. Complain about your food at the Waffle House there, apparently. And uh, she will pull a gun out, and then you'll say, you ain't going to do anything. Then she actually cocks the gun and says, I will blow your brains out. (laughs) Yikes. All right, I'll take it as it is. I'll learn to like Swiss cheese. (laughs) Cheese isn't as runny as I thought, I guess. I'll just go over here and eat my... This is what you got to do. If you go to Denny's or the Waffle House or any other low-rent food, you just got to eat it the way it shows up. If you want it to be a, a certain way... You got to pay that extra two bucks and go to a higher class place. But I'm going to spend eleven dollars on a meal, uh, seven dollars on a meal. <laughs> Man, last time I was at Denny's, I could have read the newspaper through the bacon they brought me. Are you kidding me? Well, it, was, right. it was paper thin. Sure, but you can't complain because you walked in there. Um, it all happened over cheese eggs. At first, they didn't bring them to me, which will make you mad. Then they brought me normal eggs with no cheese. Oh, come on. You're you're looking forward to cheesy eggs? You got no cheese? I said, oh, come I or- on. I said, I ordered eggs with cheese on it. I tipped her and everything. It was all a normal dispute over food. I never in a million years thought it would come to gun violence. Well, she pulled the gun on it and said, I will blow your brains out. <laughs> oh, wow. all right. I'll eat them. And Although I don't have much of an appetite. And the gentleman you just heard from said, no more Waffle House for me. Well, that just seems a little harsh. Well, you know how it is. You have a good experience. You probably won't say anything. You have a gun stuck in your face and have your life threatened. You're going to complain. It's just human nature. <laughs> I will blow your brains out. Holy crap. Yeah. I'll eat them. I'll eat them. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I said curly fries, but I'll eat the regular ones. I'm good. I'm good. Yes, Michael. You think she finished her shift like the Postal <laughs> Service? <laughs> yes, Waffle Just... House has said they're going to look into the incident. What incident? The one where the lady said she was going to blow the brains out of a guy who's mad because he didn't get cheese on his eggs? Oh, that one? She holstered her gun and went back to making waffles, I assume. <laughs> Speaking of murder, most foul, Jack, this is really quite a story. I uh, I've I own a lot of Nike gear. Uh, I I really like their golf uh, stuff for a while. Their fashions, their and... shoes particularly fit me well. The thin, f- thinly shaped footed person. Yeah, I I bought uh, quite a number of pair of Nike's uh, running shoes through the years. Um, but uh, they are so in bed with the communist Chinese mm. and the NBA at this point. Just an unholy alliance. Um, and I read with with some consternation this story. I had to read it twice to make sure I hadn't missed something. So Larry Miller is an executive with Nike. He runs their Jordan brand the michael jordan stuff still a big deal my son really wants some jordans because the cool kids at school have jordans and uh, it's it's amazing i mean the, the guy the guy has not put up a shot in 25 years um and uh people are still into jordans so 
Miller, this guy Miller, Larry Miller, he was doing an interview with uh, Sports Illustrated, and he tells them, and this was not known prior, that when he was a 16-year-old member of a Philadelphia street gang, he murdered an 18-year-old who he thought was a member of a rival gang in retribution for the killing of a friend of his. Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated reported Miller did not know the victim or whether he had anything to do with the stabbing of his friend. Did or the even guy, whether Did the guy want cheese on his eggs or is it unrelated? <laughs> no, totally unrelated. Uh, or whether he had anything to do with the stabbing of the friend or even whether he was actually a member of that rival gang. He just saw the guy, thought he might be a gang member, and he murdered him in cold blood. Now, this is back in 1965. So, obviously, uh, Miller is in his early 70s. Well, the CEO of Nike, John Donahoe, wrote a statement about his colleague and his confession. Quote, Mr. Miller's story is an example of resilience, perseverance, and strength of the human spirit. What? Yeah, I know. I know. He called Miller a beloved member of the Nike family and said he hopes Miller's experience, quote, can create a healthy discourse around criminal justice reform by helping remove the stigma that holds people and communities back. That's a good spin. Donahoe's promotion of criminal justice reform is in line with the company's political positions, uh, for which it's faced criticism, blah, blah, Colin Kaepernick, blah, blah, Black Lives Matter. The company is one of several that used Chinese slave labor to make its products and was silent on June's, China's June crackdown on journalists in Hong Kong. Nike is a brand of China and for China. Donahoe, the CEO, said that month. For his part, Miller says the c- confession is freedom. I feel free to be me now. How's your victim feel? Is your victim free to be him? How do you feel about that? That is just crazy. What what is going on there? Like I said, I had to read it twice. I thought it, I'd missed something. Speaking of China, are you ready to speak of something else of China? Sure, why not? What is about to become the all-time box office top in China? The most successful movie in their country's history. Their Titanic, or what is the current's biggest one uh, in the United States? Um, mm. Is it that Blue People movie? Nah, I think that's not true anymore, the Blue People movie. But, you know, like Titanic, like... One of your new Star Wars movies? I don't know. I don't remember. A war movie depicting a brutal defeat of the United States is topping China's box office and is set to set the all-time record. Whoa. I remember... I've been into this China thing for a long time. This rise of China and whether or not we're going to go to war with them. And Henry Kissinger wrote a book. Jeez, it might be 10 years ago. It's quite a while now uh, on world order. But I saw various interviews with him. He was a secretary of state under Nixon. He's 150 years old. But anyway, he said the main thing is we can't have the populations of the two countries start to see the other country as an enemy. That's when you have a problem. Well, we're there. I mean, if you've seen any of the polling on the way we view China and the United States and the way they view us. Well, how about this? The number one movie of all time is going to be a movie where we get our ass kicked oh in boy. China. A oh, Chinese... boy. See, that? I'm riled up by that. Just hearing that, I'm riled up. Right. A Chinese propaganda film depicting, depicting the feat of the U.S. Army has become a box office smash in the communist country. The three-hour-long war epic titled The Battle of Lake Shangjin has grossed $769 million in China, and it is set to surpass uh, Wolf Warriors 2, whatever that was, uh, for being the highest-grossing film in Chinese history. 
It is about, um, well, I'll tell you what it's about. The film is based on the battle of a, a reservoir in which we were uh, embroiled in the Korean War. The brutal 17-day battle took place in late 1950, shortly after China entered the war in support of North Korea. Against the odds, 120,000 Chinese troops managed to encircle and attack U.S. forces and their allies. While the Americans were eventually able to break free, they were subsequently forced to evacuate the region, and it was considered a win for the Chinese side. Anyway, That was an incredibly bloody battle, too, as I recall. um, So that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign, culturally speaking. Hmm. Yeah, democracies are famously bad at ending wars, and so you don't want to start one. A dictator can say, ah, it's not going well, lad. I'm done. We're done. We're done here. What are you going to throw him out of office? He's a dictator. But uh, democracies elect politicians who don't want to be seen as the guy who quit, and we get our pride uh, wrapped up in it. You talking about the future or you talking about the Korean War? No, just in general, war in general and democracies. Did you see Robert Gates on uh, 60 I've seen Robert Gates before. Oh, this week? No. He was on 60 Minutes last night. Good long interview with him. I highly recommend. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. What did he say? Uh, Interesting stuff about uh, all kinds of things. But the the last thing he said on the show was, I really, really uh, uh, want future presidents to think carefully before we ever go to war. Because no matter what your reasons are at the beginning or what it looks like at the beginning, you never know how it's going to turn out once you get involved. And that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Every war I've ever read about is that way. Each side always thinks it's going to be short and an easy win. Never turns out that way. Right. It very rarely turns out that way. And again, once you let loose the dogs of war, they run around biting people and sometimes not who you want. Yeah. So anyway, on a cheerier note, John Stewart back in the public eye. He of the Daily Show, he of the left lean, yet the intellectual honesty most of the time, taking some shots at wokeness that I'd, I'd love to have everybody here. Well, he's got that new show called The Problem with John Stewart, which is mostly serious, but a pretty good show. Sort of news that news channels should be doing, but they don't. Uh, and you want to play clips from that coming up? Yeah, why don't we do that? I'm looking what else I have. i got all sorts of great stuff I was hoping to cram in uh, before the end of the day. How do you feel about Pete Butt Edge Edge? Edge Edge, they say. How do you feel about him taking a couple of months off as a cabinet secretary? Because his uh, husband and him have a couple of babies. A couple of months. Which one of them gave birth to the baby? I don't think it works that way. Hmm. Well, they had to have a birthing person do it. Well, <laughs> I used to call them a woman we'll until try, I was corrected. We'll try to nail all that down. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bill Clinton's out of the hospital. Apparently they cured his clap and he's back out there. Unsubstantiated reports. I had an infection. I'm assuming it was STD related. I think it's a safe assumption. So Bill Clinton's out of an L.A. hospital. The Stones played L.A. uh, last night, I think it was. My old buddy Richard from the uh, Dead Flowers was there, said they are, it was like they're in the middle of their prime. I read a review of the show. It said, how can the Rolling Stones still be in their prime 60 years after Mick and Keith met? Wow. I guess they just sounded fantastic. They're laughing, having a great time, really engaged in the music and all. 
That's all they want to do, evidently. Well, why do they tour at this point with them that they're all richer than God? Because they want to. Mm. So, something. I wish I would have caught the, the show. But anyway, speaking of great acts that are continuing on down the road, John Stewart, an amusing fellow, charming little fellow. He leans a little left for me, but that's okay. I don't hate people I disagree with. He's uh, frequently uh, disarmingly honest about his own side in a Bill Maher-esque type of way. I haven't actually seen his show yet. Have you? Uh, just clips, but it's it's pretty serious. And what's the name of it again? The Problem with John Stewart. Huh. Okay. Uh, let's hear a couple of clips uh, that uh, have come up recently that I found interesting. Clip 60. Everybody wants to talk about, like that question you said about, Gender neutral. I can't remember what you said. Gender neutral sections and toys, toy stores. It's a it's a law that the governor just passed and and signed into law. But honestly, like that law, like who gives? Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of the importance of the running of California, yeah, it's a law. But in the media, that story is ubiquitous, and it's. I think the media does a terrible job at de-escalation. Yeah. And de-escalation is the antidote to all this nonsense. And I don't mean civility, and I don't mean nonpartisanship. I mean focusing on things that are more urgent and elemental in people's lives and really hammering away at those things. I have been a John Stewart fan forever, even though our politics are different. That That's John Stewart on the... Uh the Jake Tapper Sunday show over the weekend, but for John Stewart to say the media does a terrible job at de-escalation, you think <laughs> they word everything in a, such a way as to escalate it every single time they do a story? Right, absolutely. That's their their industry is built upon that. That's what they do. You know, I agreed with a lot of what he said there. I don't agree. Um, about the gender, the gender neutral toy store thing. In itself, it's not that big a deal. It's a rather toothless law and it's silly. It just creates a gender neutral area. But uh, the whole critical theory thing, whether it's race or the queer theory or the, the super lefty, uh, anti-racist garbage, which is the most racist thing to come down the pike in a long time. It got, it was under the radar for so long. It infected all the teachers' colleges, then colleges in general, and then, and then seeping down into high schools, middle schools, elementary schools. People need to be aware of how far it's gone. Well, I don't want to get hung up on the micro point he was making, but uh, I'm against uh, both governors. Abbott in Texas saying, you're a private business. You can't say your employees need to get vaccinated. Or in California, you're a private business. You're not allowed to have a girl's aisle and a boy's aisle only. I don't like governors telling private businesses that at all, period. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's a it's a property rights issue. It's a free expression issue. Uh, no, no. There are way too many laws. I saw that, uh, speaking of California, Gavin Newsom signed 770 new laws. Wow, uh, there were there, there was a need for 770 new laws wow. on top of the most reg- regulated state in America. Wow, that's just mind boggling. All right, one more clip from John Stewart, 61. We have algorithms that make sure that if you're starting to lean towards something bad, that you have to go like everybody just dips their toe into radicalism. And then the algorithm says, "Ooh, you like that video, right? I've got. Four-hour manifesto you've got to see. Right. Like, it's 
we've created a machine that makes that kind of radicalization more efficient. I would say more efficient by magnitudes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the difference between, you know, uh, uh, hunting for scraps of something versus being strapped down and having a pipe full of it just pumped into you. I think that's a great point. We've created a machine that makes radicalization easier. That going to go away at any time? Any way to fix that? I don't think so. I wish I was smart slash wise enough to know. I have no idea, but I, I doubt it. I don't the the amount of resentment I've I've come across probably two or three things since I got up this morning talking about big media, specifically uh, you know online media being a, a cult of algorithms or you know like John Stewart was saying it's a, it's a radicalization machine. There is definitely a growing awareness of it. But in the same way that Twitter isn't the American electorate, and I think the Democratic Party in in particular has been uh, deluded into thinking it is, those of us who think and talk about this stuff a lot are not the masses of the American people. Correct. And I just wonder how long it's going to take Mr. and Mrs. America and Little America Jr. to catch on to how evil this stuff can be. Yeah. Uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. If you want to buy any T-shirts or catch any segments of the show. Or the Let's Go Brandon T-shirt flying off the shelves. Go to armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. Virgin Galactic plans to offer commercial flights to space, but the start date was just delayed because they had to refurbish the spacecrafts. A refurbished spacecraft? I don't even like it when Spectrum gives me a refurbished cable box. (laughs) Hmm. I'm going to run through a whole bunch of stories real fast here for you, all right? All right. This reminds me of Joe closes his tabs, but it's Jack does a bunch of stories briefly. Meet the rich kids of TikTok who are raking in up to $250,000 a month. A bunch of tiny little kids that their TikTok videos are either cute enough or they review toys or play video games or do whatever they do and make really crazy money. Like, well, $250,000 a month, which is insane money. You don't need to do that for many months and change the trajectory of your family for forever. Retire at age 11. Yeah. God, there's never, I've said this so many times, there's never been a time where you can go from poor to rich faster than now if you can just come up with an idea. Mm -hmm. And break through everybody else with an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably worth tipping our cap to a story we did a little bit earlier. Teen girls in enormous, unthinkable numbers are developing ticks. Not the blood-sucking insect, but the like the spasms, the, the Tourette-style ticks. And they think it's psychosomatic because all of a sudden these videos of people with Tourette's or acting like they do became hot on TikTok. And so uh, medical facilities are seeing ten times as many cases, but it's probably psychosomatic. Government waste in Boston, they built a nearly $90 million state-of-the-art bus command center. 
Looks like something they would have in NASA to try to control the buses all over the city of Boston. They had a ribbon cutting two years ago. Still not a single human being has moved in there or actually done anything. It sat empty for two years. Oh, man. After spending $90 million. And it looked cool and the money was spent. A lot of people got rich and a whole bunch of politicians got reelected, I'm sure, shoveling money to various donors and stuff like that. But it's not even just sitting empty. You know, I'd ask you why, but I'm sure the reasons oh, yeah. are mundane oh, yeah. and the fairly oh, yeah. standard. Well, oh, they'd yeah. fail to calculate right. that the bus blank. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. First ever wearable erection tracker can detect if you've got an erection. I don't uh, need that. I, uh, I'll self-report. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't need that? Don't know. Honey, are you erect? I don't know. We talked earlier Let about... Let me check the tracker. <laughs> We talked earlier about how Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, who is a black woman, uh, taped a message to churchgoers that they ran in 300 churches in Virginia yesterday morning, in which she explicitly says that you should vote for Terry McAuliffe for governor, which is an election that is a week from tomorrow. Well, Jonathan Turley, who we like around here, a law professor at George Washington University, said it is... A premeditated, unambiguous violation of the federal law governing churches as not-for-profit institutions. He says it's not even close that it violates the law. And he said Trump's desire to get the vote out through evangelical churches was widely denounced as an attack on the separation of church and state. It's so dangerous. But nobody seems to care about this. So, Of course not. It's the world we live in. You know, it's true of politicians on both sides, but any time anybody appeals to principles, just roll your eyes in politics. I know. Uh, it's just so phony, performative. Yeah, this is, if you're familiar with the law at all, churches are tax-exempt as long as they don't engage in partisan politics. And the, the definitions are pretty straightforward, and this is just a blatant, well, they say, as they say, premeditated, fully cognizant flouting of the rules. She's just given a finger to the rules. A guy who looks a lot like Brian Laundrie, that's the dude that's suspected of killing poor young Gabby. Um, Gabby Petito, indeed, yes. A guy who looks like the guy was uh, hanging out with his girlfriend there on the Appalachian Trail, and they were taking a little nap because they're they're hiking, when all of a sudden they get a knock on their door at their little hotel there, and a whole bunch of armed agents bust in, guns drawn Oof. on the dude. He was promptly handcuffed with guns in his face because he looks like Brian Landry. They figured out it's not him, so, oh, sorry about that. Enjoy your hike. And that was the end of it. Wow. Wow. This guy, other than being shaven-headed and having, you know, a week's growth of beard, it'd be helpful if he had, like, you know, some distinguishing characteristics other than that, because that's like 40 million dudes in America. Don't you don't you got to have a little better ID on somebody before you go in guns drawn and handcuff a dude? I don't know. Maybe they had, like, five, ten people call and say, hey, that guy looks good. I think I've seen him. I've seen him. Anyway, the lodge he was staying at has provided him with a free night's stay and a complimentary breakfast. That's nice. <laughs> Maybe he ordered the cheesy eggs like the guy at the Waffle House who ended up with a gun in his face. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, California has recorded its driest year in a century. So there you go. Wow. Buy an electric car or get a windmill or something. <laughs> get a windmill. <laughs>
<laughs> if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. This story amuses me. I don't know why. Yes, I do know why. Friday night, there's a major literary prize given in Spain. You see this? Did you hear I about this? I did see this. It's a million euro prize, which these days is like $1.16 million. Uh, awarded to Carmen Mola, this woman who is the the most popular writer of mysteries in, in Spain. Gripping, often gory novels starring strong female protagonists that have been likened to the work of other famous women, especially because, according to the experts, these books are so good, so authentic in expressing how women deal with the world, and specifically being a, a detective and a cop and the rest of it. High praise uh, just for these novels, particularly because it's a woman who wrote them. Well, they gave out this prize, and... um Carmen Mola showed up to uh, claim it, and it turns out Carmen Mola is actually three dudes. Three dudes. They're all well-established TV writers wow. in their 40s and 50s who came together because they wanted to write novels, and they thought, let's work together. We're all friends. Why not? We'll work on a, like a, it. We'll brainstorm, and we'll do a novel. And they had to pick a, uh, a nom de plume. And they took a woman's name. And they said they hadn't really thought about it. They just thought, okay, why not? We'll make it a gal. Uh, now, get, getting back to the plot. It was more or less an afterthought. Um, we didn't uh, we didn't hide behind a woman. We hid behind a name. I don't know if a female pseudonym would sell more than a male one. I don't have the faintest idea, but I doubt it, said one of the guys. We just didn't think about it. Um and so now everybody's aghast and angry and feels betrayed and says they're liars and, and fraudulent or whatever. And, and these guys are like, hey, we just picked a name and wrote some books. People liked them. Quit yelling at us. And uh, maybe finally this, because this one might get you so worked up we need to take a break. A Thomas Jefferson statue may be removed after more than 100 years at City Hall in New York. Thomas freaking Jefferson. Remember wow. when I said uh, a couple years back, will they ever come for Thomas Jefferson and George Washington? Seemed fanciful at the time. Well, we're there. For more than 100 years, a seven-foot-tall statue of Thomas Jefferson has towered over members of the New York City Council in their chamber at City Hall. The statue has stood by for generations of policy debates, thousands of bills passed, and a city budget that has soared to roughly $100 billion dollars. Wow, the city budget in New York is $100 billion a year. Wow. Wow, right. You're in the city council. you got more power than lots of heads of states of countries in terms of money. It has also withstood another test of time. Two decades ago, a call to banish the statue gained attention, but it didn't go anywhere. But as the, but as the country continues to go through the, through the slow and painful process of determining who deserves to be memorialized and shared in public spaces says the New York Times, the removal of the Jefferson statue is receiving far more serious consideration. The Public Design Commission is expected today to vote on and likely approve a long-term loan of the statue to the New York Historical Society after the City Council's Black, Latino, and Asian Caucus requested that the Thomas Jefferson statue be removed. They're going to have the vote today, but everybody expects it to go through. Wow. Wow. Everybody had slaves. Every country, everywhere at that time, it was ubiquitous. There are slaves now. China has slaves. You buy a Nike stuff, you buy an Apple stuff, like I am. Come on. Let me throw in this 
Throw it. The vote is part of a broad nationwide blah, 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 George Floyd, blah, 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 racial disparities, blah, 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 Confederate monuments, blah, blah, blah. It's a good point. You know that whole story. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Look, James James Lindsay, who we really like around here, he had the best idea I've heard. It's too late now. He had the best idea a couple of years ago. Draw the line somewhere. Make them draw the line somewhere. Because a couple of years back, you could you probably could have gotten these people to draw the line at George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, that sort of thing. They'd have said, well, that'd be going too far. Because eventually we're going to get there, and if they've already said that's the line, then that's the line. But we didn't draw a line, so it's just creeping along. And is there anywhere to go from there? There's nowhere to go from there. George, Thomas freaking Jefferson. Right. Well, erasing your history. Orwell wrote about it. It's not like it's a secret strategy. You have to erase history before you can embrace the brave new party is right all the time future. It's a seven-foot statue which sits on a five-foot-tall pedestal. I'm looking at a picture of it here. It's giant. And it's been there looking over the rotunda forever for the city council of the biggest city in our country. But it's got to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's something. It is something. And while Thomas I appreciate, freaking Jefferson. I appreciate James Lindsay's idea. I just I think they would cross that line, their very own line, and deny they'd said it or pretend they didn't say it. In the same way that Kamala Harris just gleefully, just urinating on the, uh, the separation of church and state, the tax-exempt uh, status laws about not practicing partisan politics in a, a church, she just laughingly is ignoring it. <laughs> What percentage do you think, just a guess, and I know this is really, really a rough guess, but what percentage of Americans do you think are on the side of that statue's got to go from City Hall in New York? Mm, low 20s, maybe. I think there are enough people who are sheep. They are not independent thinkers. All they know is they've been told old white men are evil. They're afraid of, of, of opposing that. But you think a good three quarters of Americans would say, heck no? I would hope so. I would hope so, too. I'd hope so too. It's weird. It's has any country ever successfully done this without falling apart? Where you get rid of your founding generation, the people created your country. Marxism depends on it. You've got to erase history, and you you depend on ignorance. You Marxism and and its offshoots cannot survive logical uh, analysis, which is one of the reasons that the whole woke crowd says logic and data and history are racist. They are white supremacist. You can't appeal to logic. You That's know, racist. Tim Sandifer wrote a book about this, and he and a lot of other people believe the Declaration of Independence is really. The founding document, I mean, the one that, that, that gets the whole thing going, The Conscience of the Constitution is the name of Tim's book. And uh, at some point, is that next on the chopping block? Are they going to move the Declaration of Independence, you know, out of the main lobby and put it somewhere else because it's too offensive to people because it was written by Thomas Jefferson? Is that the next step? I'm trying to figure out what the next step is. Well, I they would like to. The, the Marxist types, the modern Marxists, the neo-Marxists would like to, absolutely. Getting rid of the founding documents is their ultimate uh, goal, absolutely. Wow. Because remember, progressives don't believe in limitation on government. They believe the government should do whatever the government says it should do. The government decides what the government's powers are. Man, we've gone a long way, though, down the road. I mean, it's one thing to get rid of Columbus statues. And quite the Confederate generals, we can all understand the argument for that and everything like that. Freaking the writer of the Declaration of Independence. You can't have a statue of him in City Hall 
Because he lived in a time where slavery was common. Yes. Oof. Presentism. So ugly, so dumb. We'll finish strong. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got to squeeze in our daily is Trump going to run for president in 24 story. Um, Mm -hmm. Latest Harris poll asking people, do you support or oppose Donald Trump running for president in 2024? Just under half of all voters support 47 percent. So dang near half. If you include everybody supports Trump running in 2024, obviously GOP 77 percent to 23, even 23 percent of Dems. But I got to believe that 23 percent think he's beatable i think they're wrong mm. if i'm a democrat i don't want trump running um yeah that's 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 an interesting question and that's irrelevant anyway why is that well unless they're gonna cross uh, sides and vote for him i mean it's irrelevant to trump's decision whether 23 because you don't know if they want him to run because they think he's beatable or want him to run because they want him elected right 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 so the New York Times had a heck of an interesting story about uh, some of the most violent people at the January 6th thing. I don't know if you saw that, and we don't have time to really get into it, but um, they they uh, highlighted, I forget if it was five or seven, a handful of uh, particular people you could see the video that like like really beating people with flagpoles or busting outdoors or whatever. And uh, their point was, and this is from the New York Times, their point was, these guys weren't members of the Proud Boys or Oath Keepers. And they don't they didn't have any plan to do anything. And all of them in their hometowns are like uh, beloved church volunteers and and school members and coaches and 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 mentors to children, all decent people. It it really was a story about how you can get caught up in the fever of a mob. Anytime you're around a mob is really what it's mostly about to me. Wow, that's troubling. I thought it was really interesting that if you're in a mob that starts, you know, going one direction, you're likely to, like, grab something and start beating somebody with it, apparently. I I flipped by that story. I didn't dig into it, but I saw that picture of a bunch of guys in uniform with all sorts of tactical gear. Now, you can't tell me that that they just showed up and were swept up by the mob. The particular guys, they focus on, and they mentioned that the six, of the 600 people that have been arrested and charged with things, very few of them are members of the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, or any of those groups. Mm-hmm. It was just all kind of independent stuff. Yeah. I don't want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final thoughts from Armstrong again. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo, pressing the buttons, our technical director. Michael? Some good advice from Jack Armstrong today. Spend the extra dollar to get a good meal. (laughs) Don't go into McDonald's and ask them to do a burger medium well. They're not going to. Correct. Young Alex is our producer behind the scenes. Alex, do you have a final thought for us? I do. I came back from Wyoming, got to meet my fiance's grandparents for the first time. They're big fans of the show. Awesome. It's a little weird walking into a stranger's house and seeing photos of yourself on their wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's all in your family, like in the Armstrong and Getty show. I really like that. That's nice. That's great. Hey, Jack, do you have a final thought to share? I'm looking at this headline. I'm intrigued. Woman survives four-hour operation to remove axe from her head. I feel like I need... How can you read that headline and not...
crave more details. Yeah. For instance, yeah. the one big detail. How did you come to have an axe in your head? That's it's funny. Really what you I got an axe sticking out of your head there. Uh, what happened? Uh, yeah, my final <laughs> thought. I, I like those uh, those three Spanish middle-aged guys who took a woman's pseudonym and the whole the, the cult sprung up around what a wonderful writer this woman was. I had all sorts of nutty ideas for the dead flowers back in the day. Just the, the publicity, you know, the, the fake machine claim, you know, they're all inmates or recently released or, you know, children or something because nobody cares. <laughs> nobody checks no. into anything anymore. It's all no. drive-by. Sure. You can be anything you want to be. Sure. The one guy was the lone survivor of a plane crash. Just anything that's a hook. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thanks so a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, we got some great swag for you. The boxer briefs, the sports bras, the t-shirts, the Let's Go Brandon A&G t-shirt flying off the shelves. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you miss a chunk of the show, grab it by a podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Generally, Tuesday shows are our best. See you then. God bless America. I'm strong and getty. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. There's not much I can do about that. Blah, blah, blah. No! Words. This is a mess. You dare to dance in the path of greatness. And boom goes the dynamite. Go away. Yeah. Oh, so, uh. Let's go out with a bang. I see the Pope walking around there. He's wearing slippers. Uh, it's raining. Uh, who wears slippers when it's raining? 30% chance of salvation. Uh. <laughs> all right, beautiful. <laughs> On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.